Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. The gunman in the Texas school shooting posted warnings minutes before the attack on his social media account. What did he write? And what is the president saying today about public safety? NTD's Iris Tao has more. The gunman shot his grandmother in the face. More details on the gunman who killed at least 21. Texas Governor Greg Abbott says the 18-year-old high school dropout shared on Facebook just minutes before shooting up the elementary school. He said, I'm going to shoot my grandmother. The second post was, I shot my grandmother. The third post, maybe less than 15 minutes before arriving at the school, was, I'm going to shoot an elementary school. A spokesperson for Facebook later clarified that those were one-to-one text messages. Officials also revealed on Wednesday the gunman stormed past an armed guard to enter the school carrying a rifle he had purchased just days ago. Meanwhile, I'm sick and tired. I'm just sick and tired of what's going on. It continues to go on. President Biden addressing the shooting again today, pushing for what he calls common sense gun reforms. The idea that an 18-year-old can walk into a store and buy weapons of war designed and marketed to kill is, I think, just wrong. Biden claims that such reforms will not hurt Second Amendment rights, while adding... Second Amendment is not absolute. When it was passed, you couldn't own a... you couldn't own a cannon. Biden also calls out gun manufacturers, which he has accused of marketing so-called assault weapons to make profits. Where's the courage to stand up to a very powerful lobby? And President Biden is reportedly planning to visit Texas following the Uvalde school shooting. It could come as early as this weekend and will mark the second time in just weeks he has visited a site of mass shooting. Reporting in Washington, D.C., Iris Tao, NTD News. Democrats are calling for stronger gun control following Tuesday's shooting in Texas. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is pushing to fast-track two gun control bills, but he's not planning to immediately bring the bills to the floor for votes, citing opposition from Republicans. Many of my Republican colleagues focus on the motives of the shooters instead of focusing on the obvious common denominator. Democratic lawmakers are calling for enhanced background checks. So the difference is not mental illness. The difference is that people who are having breaks with reality in the United States can get their hands on a weapon of mass destruction. However, Republican Senator Marco Rubio says every commercial sale already requires background checks. There hasn't been a single of these mass shootings that have been purchased at a gun show or on the Internet. So if people want to do that, we can have that debate, but don't link it to these horrible events because they would have nothing to do with it. Enacting any bill in the 50-50 Senate will be tough. Facing the calls to end the filibuster again, Democratic Senator Joe Manchin said he supports the filibuster. Throwing out the one tool that we have that gets us, that keeps us working and at least talking together. Without that, we've had nothing. You get no checks and balances. The country lost 19 young souls yesterday and two of their teachers in that evil act of violence that took place in Uvalde, Texas, at the hands of a deranged 18-year-old gunman. Retired Lieutenant Colonel Alan West resides in Texas, and we're grateful to have him on with us. Colonel Alan West, thank you so much for joining us on the Capitol Report. 
My pleasure. Appreciate you having me. Colonel, our hearts go out to the families and victims uh, of this terrible tragedy. How yeah. is the state of Texas uh, coping with this the day after? Well, it's very hard, uh, without a doubt. I have been down in Uvalde several times. I know the community and know the mayor down there. It's a very tight-knit community, not far away from the border. And of course, they're dealing with the everyday crisis of the uh, open borders that we have. But to have this happen and to the children there in the elementary school, it just rocks them to the core. And it's something that affects us here in Texas. Uh, we've seen it with the Sutherland Springs shooting at the church that we had. And again, this was something that could have been preventable because the assailant in that church shooting, uh, his record was never uploaded into the database of having a domestic violence uh, charge against him, a felony offense, and also a, uh, a dishonorable discharge from the United States Air Force. So we want to make sure that we're protecting our children. And I think the biggest lesson learned right now is that we spend so much money and take so many precautions at sporting venues or concerts, entertainment venues, Academy Awards, whatever. We've got to do better protecting our children. Colonel, that brings me to my next question. What, if anything, uh, could have been done, do you think, to potentially have prevented this tragedy from happening? Well, I think if you go back and look at what just recently happened 10 days ago in Buffalo, we have the indicators and warnings that are there. You look at these social media posts that uh, are being done, and we have got to have people that act on that. You, you, know, you can get kicked off of social media talking about vaccines or, or you know, having a different perspective on COVID, but yet when we see the violence that is out there, nothing is being done. The other thing that we have to do, without a doubt, we have got to have the continual surveillance and, and engagement with people that have these mental health issues. We saw that in Buffalo where the person was brought in for an evaluation and then was uh, never re-engaged after that. The exact same thing happened in Parkland at that shooting where Nicholas Cruz had 21 call-outs to his uh, home, but yet nobody ever followed up on any of that. So we have got to do a better job of that as well as protecting our children and hardening our schools. And let's look at some of the veterans that we have here in Texas and other states that they can be employed as uh, school security guards and making sure that they control those entry and access points. Colonel, do you think we need to uh, take a deep dive into our culture at moments like this and find out what's missing potentially from a spiritual and moral standpoint? Oh, without a doubt. You know, I have told people when you push God out, you allow the devil to come in. But even more so, when you look at the violent content that we're exposing our young people to, when you look at the disregard for life, look at the, the, the debate right now that people who want to murder children inside the womb, we have a lack of regard for life right now in the United States of America. And that's the number one inalienable right that is granted to us from our creator God. So we have got to restore that respect for life. We have got to make sure that we're not exposing our young people to all of this violence. And uh, without a doubt, this shooter down in Uvalde, we have some questions about uh, the mental condition of gender dysphoria, because I've seen some of the posts that he had put out there with that as well. Colonel, to your point, I mean, faith seems to be taken, taken out of the conversation every step of the way. Uh, faith and belief in God not only teach, you know, morally what's right and wrong, but also gives us the strength and conviction to pull back uh, from making poor decisions. Is there a way to have God back in the national discussion without it being politicized? 
Well, I think it should be because the foundation of this country is a Judeo-Christian faith heritage, but it comes back to parents. Uh, I mean, this starts in the home. It starts in our churches. It starts in our communities. And we have got to have that discussion there and not allow the secular humanists who try to say that you cannot have these discussions out in public. Uh, you cannot have these symbols. I mean, think about the Ten, the ten uh, Commandments. Uh, Thou shalt not kill. And so maybe we should be going back and making sure that our kids understand those very basic rules about a moral and just society. It's an excellent point, Colonel. Uh, what do you think President Biden's message needs to be to the country right now as the nation mourns this tragedy? Well, he had the wrong message last night. He started out very well, being compassionate, trying to be a healer, but then he pivoted and went straight to the politicization of this and talking about gun control. This is not about uh, taking away an enumerated right for the American people. If anything, we need to have safe and responsible gun owners. We need to make sure that people with the mental illness, like we saw in Sandy Hook, uh, the, the young man there, Adam Lanza, had access to firearms and we knew he had a mental illness. And so those are the type of things we need to make sure that we're doing is having those protections within the home and we need to have those discussions and we need to stop allowing our young people to be influenced by so much violent content that we see out there on the internet on television and what have you so the most important thing for him is to not politicize this and not try to turn this into uh, a gotcha moment uh, not allowing a crisis to go to waste as Rahm Emanuel would say Colonel Allen West thank you my pleasure Appreciate you having me on. Prayers go out to Uvalde, Texas. Indeed. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas released a two-minute video directed at those seeking to enter the United States illegally through the southern border. Mayorkas says they could be expelled under Title 42. The restrictions at our southwest border have not changed. Do not come to the border. Do not put your life at risk only to be sent back. Mayorkas also says those entering illegally who cannot establish a legal reason to remain will be removed. He points out that border immigration officials are managing historic numbers of people fleeing hardships. Mayorkas also warns that the number of illegal immigrants crossing the border could increase over confusion from court orders and misinformation from smugglers. Our next guest, Congresswoman Yvette Harrell, represents the border state of New Mexico. The state also shares a border with West Texas, where the tragic shooting that killed 19 children and two adults took place. The Congresswoman joins us now. Congresswoman Yvette Harold, thank you so much for joining us on the Capitol Report. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Congresswoman, you represent part of uh, the state of New Mexico, um, which borders West Texas, where this horrific shooting um, just took place yesterday. How close to home did this hit for you and the people of New Mexico. Yeah, it's a complete tragedy and our prayers and thoughts are with the families and obviously the community. And it's just so sad to see something like this happen. So we're certainly lifting them up in our thoughts and prayers today. And I know it'll take several weeks, months for them to recover. And we just want to be with them in every step of the way. Congresswoman, the person who actually killed the shooter uh, was a special operations border patrol agent from what we understand. Do you think that these tragedies can also shine light on our law enforcement uh, folks and, and first responders? Sure. I mean, you hate to see these type of tra tragedies occur, but it really does. And it just 
you know, a testament to how important not only law enforcement like sheriffs, you know, typical police departments, but what an important role are Border Patrol agents to keep our communities safe. So I do want to switch gears a little bit and ask you about the uh, situation on the southern border. Uh, since you do represent a border state, a federal judge just issued an injunction not too long ago to keep Title 42 in place. Uh, could you tell us what exactly this means now uh, for the southern, southern border? Well, certainly it's a huge relief. And as you know, Title 42 is really the last tool that we have in the toolbox to help our Border Patrol agents control that southern border. So I'm very thankful that the judge uh, ruled in favor of keeping it in place. Now, I understand the administration is going to appeal that, but this is so important for the American people. And they understand Title 42 gives those agents the ability to expel those coming to our borders illegally back to Mexico or Canada. And when we're seeing the numbers that we've seen over the last couple of months, I think there were over 200,000 people encounters in the month of April. That's the highest number on record. We have to give our Border Patrol agents and our communities in and around the border the tools they need. And certainly Title 42 is a very important one. Congresswoman, you have visited the border uh, multiple times. Could you give us a sense as to what the uh, border agents are saying uh, that, that they might need right now outside of Title 42 to stop the flow of illegal immigration? Yeah, it starts with needing uh, leadership from the top. Morale is terrible on the border. As you can imagine, they are underworked. Um, there's not enough people. We need to provide them all the tools they need, whether it's technology, finishing the wall, uh, stop the uh, the catch and release, give them reinforcements and help them to do their jobs to protect our sovereignty. But it's really sad to think that, you know, here Secretary Mayorkas is saying we have operational control on the southern border when you can look at all the photos coming across the, the networks. You can talk to any Border Patrol agent and they will tell you we do not have control. And no one's talking about, you know, the amount of fentanyl coming across the number one killer and overdoses in our young people. We need to be serious about this border security and securing the southern border and provide the agents everything they need to help them do their jobs. And they are such a vital role in keeping our country safe. We saw a Democratic congressman last night from Texas um, in, a, in a very blue area, uh, Henry Cuellar, do pretty well, uh, even though he's taken a pretty hard stance on border security in terms of wanting to secure it. Does that give you a sense that this is actually not a partisan issue? It should never have been a partisan issue. I mean, this is a people issue. This is about the people of the United States, our security, our sovereignty. And I'm actually glad that a number of Democrats over the last number of weeks have finally stepped forward and said, you know, they do not want to see Title 42 go away. And here's the reason, because 70% of the American people understand the importance of Title 42. I think it's fascinating that suddenly, just six months before elections, that we all of a sudden have this grave concern when and we should have been dealing with this when the administration first took place, uh, you know, took over and then stopped some of the policies that were working under the Trump administration. But it should never have been a partisan issue. It needs to be a people issue. And we need to push forward on Title 42 and other necessary tools for our agents and for our surrounding communities. Congresswoman Yvette Harrell, thank you. You're welcome. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.